Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, and welcome to Eating Fried Chicken in the Shower bonus episode, which means I'm joined in the shower by clinical psychologist Saab Jahal. Kia ora, James. Kia ora, brother. Uh, you are familiar with the meme of expectations versus reality. Yes, I am. It's, it's a term which we, we've come to, to know in uh, 2020, and I want to ask you about what's actually happening with our mental state when the reality and our expectations don't sync up. Mm, mm. We can be heavily invested in a picture that we might have of the future. Yeah. Um, whatever that might be that we're thinking about, you know, what it is to be a parent, what it is to have a career in a particular field that we're an expert in and where that's going to lead us. Because that's often how we, we drive ourselves forward, isn't it? We go, I've got the dream, I'm chasing the dream. That's right. And we have this very clear path forwards and that's our idealised, romanticised fiction as to where it is that we're going to be. And we hope that that becomes our reality. Mm. Yet the reality is that there are many, many paths and many, many junctions in that road that takes us forward. We only see the motorway route, right? Yeah. But there yeah. are many, many side roads which we may get forced down yeah. in order to perhaps take a different journey. And so that's where our expectations and the reality gap then starts to emerge. And the reality that emerges may be quite different to the expectations that we had of our future. So what does that do to our mental state? Depending upon how heavily invested and how tightly we're held on to that imagined future is going to determine how badly you're going to get thrown off by when the reality doesn't meet your expectations. So I guess one of the things that we learn to do as adults, as we have repeated mm. um, incidences where our expectations don't meet reality, is that we perhaps lower or differ our expectations, not necessarily lowering our standards, but perhaps being a little bit more flexible as to what might be an acceptable path forwards. Not necessarily taking your eye off the prize, but also recognizing that that prize might look quite different or there are different prizes that you may also value, right? Not just the one. Is there anything in particular we can do when our expectations are completely the opposite, when it doesn't just change direction, but the, to pick up on your metaphor, the road is closed. Yeah. I think that we go through several different stages of trying to negotiate that reality, right? And it's almost similar to what we do when we grieve for mm. a loss. Of a, of a potential future that we had. And we may go through several different stages of thinking, you know, like anger or denial or bargaining. But eventually we, we end up hopefully in a healthy place of accepting the vulnerability of what it is to truly accept mm. what life is offering us and what the reality is going to look like. But I think also one of the important lessons as we develop as 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 a, into adults and as humans is that we can't do this alone. Mm. Often it's the connection with other people, whether it's an organization that we're working with, our family or our partner. Uh, if we're in a relationship, 
then actually this is where we can co-create different expectations to help negotiate our way through the reality that we're actually presented with. And when you're talking about having a community, you know, one thing uh, I've, I've found uh, partly with this show is I've put up my hand and said, hey, I've had these things happen. Uh, and as a result of being comfortable talking about them, other people in my community have, have, have come forward and I've found myself in this sort of accidental leadership role, which mm -hmm. I didn't really want, but have acknowledged that because I'm comfortable talking about these things, it helps make other people comfortable. Can you, can you speak to, to why that is? I think that often what we can be presented with when we hear stories of success or stories of what life could look like is almost like a sanitized version of it. Mm. And I think that when people reveal their humanity mm. of what actually perhaps is going on underneath that and can be vulnerable and reveal that, I think that actually that calls out very specifically to a need that people have to understand that the journey is not necessarily um, all roses mm. um, in order to get to where it is that you want to be. Actually, it requires an acceptance of the totality of experience, its ups and downs. And I think that the humanity of revealing that and the vulnerability that you show and, that can, and you can accept and you're encouraging other people to embrace that, mm. then I think becomes actually the real experience, right? It's right. not the expected yeah, yeah, yeah. experience, it's the real experience. And there is a weight also to making yourself vulnerable and putting your hand up. I've, I've certainly felt there's a little bit of a weight, which is why I, I say it hesitantly. And mm. so when I say I, I don't really want it, I'm, I'm very aware of not taking on too much for my own safety. And I think that that's why it's really important to have that sustainable way of dealing with that weight. Okay, and I think you're right. I think it is something that it may be small mm. that you may carry or maybe large that you carry, but you continue to carry it. So even carrying a small weight over a long period of time can test your endurance. So making sure that you have sustainable practices and self-care practices mm. in order to help you to deal with that burden, to deal with revealing your vulnerability, to deal with carrying that weight of leadership, mm. either through formalized processes, through building up a mentor, a mentor or having coaches or having therapists, or within your informal network, through partnerships, through family, through community, all of that social connection becomes incredibly important in sharing that experience and sharing that load. A final thing I want to ask you today is about uh, trauma, uh, which might seem slightly out of left field, but it relates to leadership because part of the reason I'm skeptical, well, I'm skeptical, I'm hesitant of taking on any leadership in, in terms of taking on people's mental health or, or any of that weight is because, you know, it's, it's been uh, almost uh, four years, I think, since uh, three years. It's been about three years since uh, my last mental break. And uh, I was talking to a couple of friends about it, and I realized they hadn't really processed it. They were like, oh, yeah, bro, but we don't really want to. And I was thinking, well, it's something I haven't properly processed, but I'm still working through. Mm -hmm. Is it natural for these kind of grief to take such an amount of time? Because I think with TV and movies... I sort of expect the, uh, the distance from my trauma 
to uh, lessen it more so than it perhaps has. Mm, mm. Yeah, and I think it's not neat and tidy like you see it in the movies and with the edit that you're presented with, right? Because the expectation Mm. of what might happen and the reality of what happens can often be quite different. Mm. And so it's not uncommon for people to suddenly experience an awakening a reawakening of an event which they thought they had dealt with or perhaps they hadn't dealt with suddenly in their present because for some reason or other it's been unlocked and represented in such that it's actually there again for them Mm. in the current experience that they're going through. And I guess for some people, if they ward that off and try to push it away. Mm. One of the things that they learn is that actually it doesn't push it away. It just re-pops up again at another time. Mm. And there are actually perhaps opportunities to then become vulnerable and to understand why this experience might be coming up for you now. And there is an opportunity to help process that experience for you. The danger is is that it appears at times when you are unprepared to deal with it, which Mm. is why it's so important to build these sustainable practices of self-care and to build that community of support around you such that when it does pop into your consciousness, that you don't just suppress it and squash it back down, although you might need to do that in the short term. Mm. You've got a way of being able to say, right, okay, perhaps this is something I need to sit down and figure out and where can I get help with that? But this is an an uncommon thing. I guess it's also what I'm asking is that it is, um, you know, a few years removed from it, um, not just, you know, yourself, but the people around you Mm -hmm. uh, can also not have really processed a a trauma. Yeah. You know, everyone's journey is different, but it's certainly not uncommon for that to happen. You know, there's a time and a place and perhaps people weren't ready for it then. Yeah. And perhaps there are other times when it presents itself and it probably won't be the only opportunity. Mm. And everybody processes these things at their own different speed. And perhaps two people coming together to try and do that, perhaps they may not be in the right position and time to be able to do that together at that point in time. But there are opportunities that will arise as it pops up again into your consciousness. Because I think we do have that little mentality, just a little bit in New Zealand of, oh, it's in the past. Yeah. Is there, and I guess what I'm asking you and, and what you're saying is that like, look, there's, there's the past, but the past isn't just a couple of years ago. That's still very much the recent. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, the, the research is a little bit kind of open on this. Some people would say, you know what, if it's not interfering Mm -hmm. in how it is that you're living your life, it's not getting in the way of your psychological well-being, then perhaps it's best left alone. Okay. Because it's, it's like kind of like the, the wound that you had on your knee, right? Mm-hmm. And it's scabbed over and you're left with the scar. Mm. But the scar is what makes you you. Mm. You don't necessarily need to be picking at it and going into it again in order to sort out what was underneath. Mm. But for some people, it's something that perhaps is still healing. And mm. perhaps it's not physically formed into something that they can move around with, with their, in their everyday lives. And it's something that needs attention. And I guess that in that situation, doing that in a safe way, in a psychologically safe way, where you are in a trusted space, a safe space where you can do that work, then perhaps that's the time to do it. But if it's not interfering with you, then you need to kind of make a judgment call on whether that is the right time and space for you to deal with it or not. Thanks for the advice. Clinical psychologist, Saab Jahal. Kia ora. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.